Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everyone is well. Now for this week's episode, uh, this interview, I spoke with, now apologies in advance, I'm going to butcher the French language, but I spoke with the guys from the Pierre Fioy Studios, and they are working on their upcoming adventure game, Chronique de Silencieux. That wasn't too bad. Uh, so uh, they spoke to me a couple of months ago now about their upcoming game. Um, it's a mystery detective adventure game set in 1970s south of France. And uh, uh, we had a really, really great chat. Um, they talk, spoke to me about their inspirations. Uh, we got philosophical as well. And these two guys are really, really clever and intelligent. And I'm sure... Um, I'm sure people will be interested in the game uh, as well after listening to this. Now, their game is currently on Kickstarter at the time of recording from around mid-May to mid-June 2023. If you are listening to this after this point, well, I'm sure you can still support the game somehow. Uh, at the very least, wishlist on Steam uh, if you so wish. Um, but, uh, but yeah, here is my interview with the two guys from Pierre Fioy Studios. Please enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games podcast. And I am joined by two really nice guys. And first of all, I think I'm going to have to apologize in advance for my pronunciation. Uh, because the two people who are speaking with are French. Uh, they're from the Pierre Fioy Studio uh, of course, joined by Tom, but I think I got that right, I hope, and Florent. Bonjour. Uh, bonjour, ça va? Ça va et toi? Tu parles très bien français, dis donc. Oh, me- merci beaucoup. Uh, c'est, c'est bonsoir, non? <laughs> <laughs> et, oui. et bonsoir. Uh, well, um, as you heard, uh, that was Florent, um, who and the two brothers I've uh, meant to mention. So you guys are working on a detective adventure game and again, apologies, Chronique de Silencieux, which we'll be talking about. Um, so first of all, uh, hello, guys, and hello, Tom. I believe you are El Presidente of the <laughs> studio. <laughs> That's right. And every, and you need to answer every whim I have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what, one of those Presidentes, then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me, guys. Uh, we met at Adventure X. You were exhibiting your game uh, there, and uh, and uh, it's great now to talk. It's a lot quieter than Adventure X. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so yeah, suppose we can start with uh, introducing yourselves. So we can start with El Presidente Tom. Uh, uh, so, Tom, what, what if you could introduce yourself and uh, say what are your favorite adventure slash narrative games or any games at all that uh, you would consider your favorites? Uh, so, yeah, uh, Tom, I'm uh, 27 now, actually. I just had my birthday uh, a few oh, days ago. Ha- happy birthday. Thank you very much. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just... Um, 
studied game design in, in Vancouver and uh, basically had a, a student project uh, turn into my professional life uh, on me without really expecting it and all planning for it. And uh, yeah, my... Uh, my favorite, actually, it's a really hard question. You know, you, <laughs> you gave us time to think about it, but actually it's, it's pretty hard. But everyone tells me that. Everyone said that this is the most difficult. So I'd like to start with the most difficult question. Yeah, <laughs> to start the conversation. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so many. I, I guess like the, the, the last one I had, uh, which was uh, 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 in French, we say a slap, you know, like, uh, like something that really like, uh, sticks with you mm. with uh, Obradin. Not very original here, but I uh, actually I uh, I used to say that uh, when we were working on the game uh, that we were trying to do a true detective game uh, because there wasn't really yet a true detective game for us. Uh, but uh, since Obradin came out, I had to revise that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I, I really uh, I'm, I'm a bit obsessed with the figure of Lucas Pope because he's a really interesting mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a really good blend of uh, uh, telling, telling a story and, 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 uh, and, and, and wrestling with the detective mechanics, which can be really, really tricky. So we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that later. Probably. Yeah, yeah, no, Opera Day is a fantastic game. It's quite challenging as well, I found, but really I did get a bit obsessed when I was playing it as well, trying to figure out who was who, what was happening, and trying to match the the names with the with the people and trying to listen back in over the accents as well. And um so yeah, no, it's 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 a great choice. Um I would say we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, that as well. And I believe you played, was it Papers Please as well? Yes, yeah, yeah, that was the, my first introduction to Lucas Bo. Though this was, yeah, less of a narrative game for me, and more. Uh, I mean, the the experience was engrossing, but the the uh, this is what uh, the, compelled me to to start on 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 the the game was that I, I thought, you know, this those mechanics are such. Uh, so simple but so powerful in what it can be used for like as a, as a designer you're really looking for tools that are uh, are underutilized in other games and uh and they can be like building blocks of of uh, your um, your game systems and and this was very much one of them and i uh, since then never really saw a, a game uh, use that uh, to the exception recently of uh, the case of the Golden Idol, which yes. I haven't played yet, but uh, seems really, really inspired by uh, Papers, Please and, and Oberdin as well. Yeah, no, I played a demo of that, of that game and I really enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, and one thing I, I find really interesting about Lucas Pope's games is that they're games which probably shouldn't work. I mean, they're with jobs that are probably a bit boring. Like you stamp passports in Papers, Please, and then you're an insurance person in Oberdin. And yet they're two probably people's favorite games, you know, um, the last few years. They're absolutely fantastic. So, Yeah, uh, and I think it's, it's no surprise that a, a British person would uh, make uh, out of bore, seemingly boring jobs such in, incredible experience. I think there's, that's something very British. I, I wouldn't really ha know how to explain to it, but I'm, we are big fans for and me of, 
of British culture. And I think that's like in new humor and in 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 uh, in culture and movies and everything it's it's one of the things like making out, out of the mundane making something mm. uh, fantastical or whimsical yeah definitely well it succeeded in those games and uh and florent we haven't forgotten about you so uh yeah, but i'm not el presidente so uh, <laughs> well ne- neither am i but uh yeah so there was a priority there. you're you're allowed to speak for now okay okay thank so you, presidente has spoken so. gracias presidente gracias <laughs> yeah that's french but also spanish um <laughs> yeah so i'm, I'm 10 years older than, uh, than than Tom, so I guess yeah, I've I've lived through the golden era of the Lucas uh, games, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much Monkey Island. And I, I do I do remember people playing on Monkey Island on old PCs. That's something <laughs> that actually I guess most of the people listening to the podcast maybe in that yeah maybe lived through this uh, era. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm old enough um, to have lived through that, and but. I, I have to say, they're the tentacle actually. That's that, a, that not a good choice. One, yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've played, uh, I've played and replayed uh, the most, I guess, from all the, all the games. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it, right now it's very painful because um, it still live up to to the to the expectations that. Uh, well, with my brain, uh, having lived through this era, uh, it it uh, it's still it's still doing okay. Uh, but the onboarding now it's so uh, that's I guess that's the one thing that's that has so much improved in games is the onboarding in the game, and uh, by that time the games were so difficult and you mm. have to do exactly the stuff that you were supposed to to be doing, which is actually quite the opposite right now. Uh, if if someone doesn't understand what you're supposed to do, someone hasn't done his job right. So, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I'm talking under the super, supervisor, a presidente. <laughs> uh, that's the stuff, the, the sort of stuff that you don't want to do with uh, with mo- the way you're doing modern games now. Uh, I think most people, most players, will will allow you to to um, to be inventive, to be creative with some mechanics and some stuff, just as long as you do those things right uh, to get people on board. And that's something that uh, I wasn't like, coming from that era. And I'm not playing that much games right now, so uh, I'm still judging with that kind of criteria. And that's that's the sort of stuff that Tom has been uh, uh, bringing up to me uh, in those terms that uh, we need to be aware that that's something that really uh, uh, that's really important. And since we are trying to work on a game that's uh, uh, well, we've been talking about paper speeds, for example. That's uh, uh, the me- the kind of mechanics that uh, we want to use in the game uh, to make the people feel that they have much agency, much freedom to uh, to um, to browse and look for documents and testimonies and stuff uh, to go and to progress through to progress through the game and the, um, the inquiry. Uh, you need to be perfect with the way people are onboarding and the, the way people are uh, getting the hang of the mechanics. And that's something that's that's not traditional. In the in back in those days, you had to sure. do exactly the stuff at the pixel. Yeah. The, otherwise, like the seagulls in in Monkey Island, the, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's like. Yeah, you could be crazy with that sort of stuff, and right now it's a bit different. But uh, I'm gonna pass on the yeah uh, to uh, I know to Tom maybe has some uh, reflection on, on this. But it's know. yeah, it's it, it's a good point because uh, there's still like very much the 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 basically the genre that was in the '90s was dubbed adventure games, 
would now need to be kind of redubbed like the 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 absurd uh, adventure or you know like the uh, like the, the this difficult this this extreme difficulty and and the way that all these uh, items combine everything mm. is is part of the of the pleasure or pain pain pleasure I guess <laughs> like the masochistic pleasure but um and and uh, I feel like um it's it's definitely one type of game and for me I kind of see it like uh there was you know maybe like 10 years ago um there was a bit of a of a winding down winding down of the japanese uh game industry in the sense that uh creativity was a bit uh i mean in new titles you know there was like really much a refining a polishing of existing genres and and existing formulas and you know japanese people will like polish like whatever they do their craft it's they push it it's kind of a, a matter of honor like to uh, like i mean I'm, I'm i'm oversimplifying it but you know it's you know they 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 take it really to heart and and uh, of course recently uh, there's been a lot of innovation but i feel like uh, adventure games maybe are in that place you know some or some adventure games maybe less so now but definitely when we started we, we saw a lot of of uh of uh existing formulas being being uh revamped and and uh not even revamped but kind of like uh uh, uh reused with um, different uh, visuals and and uh different story but in terms of mechanics, maybe less so, and that was kind of kind of a frustration for me because I was a big player of adventure games, and actually like discovered because I'm much younger than Floor, I discovered because of my other brothers who played Monkey Island, who played um, um, uh, uh, oh. the Tentacle. There's a tentacle and the mansion. Uh, sorry, mansion. I'm terrible. I have a terrible memory, but <laughs> doesn't mean that I played those games, but uh and you know and yeah the lucas like full throttle and and you know the later lucas Art games green fandango which i think i, I think it's probably one of the best mm. maybe the best for me lucas lucas game like it, it because it, it tells uh it, it's quite deep as a as a story and I, and um and uh yeah and now uh yeah we we basically try to iterate and say okay uh uh this genre of games in the 90s was one of the most popular uh, uh, game genres and now it's uh commercially or like it, it, it seems to have a, le uh, a much smaller audience but it's not uh it doesn't feel logical because all the people that played in the 90s are still there and actually they are uh grew up older and the uh, you know the demographics for for uh, games for players is between 30 and 40s, which would uh, uh, say that their their first games would be in in, in the 90s or late 80s. And uh, and so why why was the, the genre not popular? And so what that's what uh, we're trying to search for. Like I always said, the this game is we might be wrong. You know, we we might take a wrong direction. It's kind of a thesis. You know, like okay, this is a this is a problem or like we're trying to to make narrative games to find the the formula that will all the the mechanics that will really speak to people and really have a, a wide appeal because 
I don't, um, we take really seriously the, the fact that video games is a popular medium, uh, like for a lot of people and, uh, popular in the sense that it's, it's mass media. And, and I don't take this as a, as a, as a, as a critique or as a, mm. as a bad, bad word, but it means that, uh, the, the, the big audience is really, uh, um, is really, um, uh, demanding and everything needs to be really good. So that's what was Flan was talking about onboarding and mm. making a lot of stuff easy, like integrating a lot of the design lessons we've uh, we've learned as a uh, for the industry as a whole. Uh, sure, yeah, way. because I mean, Days of Tentacle is a fantastic game, uh, but then I'm sure you remember Florent. There are some puzzles, for example, uh, believe you need to wash a car. Because in the US, I believe uh, the saying is, if you wash a car, then it will rain. Now, I had no idea when I was playing that. <laughs> I just washed a car because, hell, you could do it. I didn't know why I was doing it. And I think one of my issues with the game from the 90s is that, as again, the two of you mentioned, that some of these puzzles just didn't make sense. That you mentioned the game mechanics that, uh, you know, you you... People now want uh, to games to make to make sense, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, although there's still some people who who want puzzles still to be challenging or difficult, li like in those games. But yeah, no, I think I agree with you guys that um, I think puzzles and uh, game mechanics do need to be more logical. Because going back to Lucas Pope, they were very challenging, difficult games, but they made sense. You know, there's no mood logic in Papers Please or um, Obrid In. So. I'm happy to hear that from you guys. That, uh, <laughs> that's what you're attempting to do. So the game that you guys are making is uh, Chronique de Silencieux, a detective we have game. To, uh, you, you have, I guess you have now, you have to be the official voice of Chronique de Silencieux. Oh, it's so well, perfect when you say it. It's so oh, wrong. thank you. I, I won't say it again. I, I, I don't <laughs> want to jinx it. <laughs> well, that's um, part of the charm, actually. Uh, one quick anecdote. Uh, yes, we, go ahead. We, 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 it used to be Homelost, the name of the game. I was about to ask that. Yeah, mm. yeah. We, we, ch we changed it to a French name because uh, that's something that we hear a lot when we're in France. So what, why don't you uh, use an English name? And actually, we said, no, we're French. And, and most of the stuff that we'll be talking about, at least in the first parts of the game, are taking place in France. So, And I, I guess that as an Irish guy, as, as a, someone from Brazil, someone from Australia, from, from, from everywhere, even if you don't really get the, the the true meaning or the or the sense of what really uh, the, the chronique des silencieux is about, well, there's just there's a feeling of it's French. There's yeah. A, there's there's something to it, and that's part of the whole, maybe not the whole onboarding uh, approach that we won't have, but it's part of the charm. It's part of something. So uh, that's chronique des silencieux, and it's fine if you don't know how to pronounce it. It's yeah, no, but I think it it helps with uh, with the game's identity. That look, exactly this, yeah. this is a French game by made by French people, and uh, yeah, going to be sold to an, a worldwide audience. But it's we know instantly. Okay, it's French set set in France, um, and I just wanted to say I told you guys before we started recording. I saw the video that you guys uploaded on your YouTube channel, uh, which uh, I mean, there's a whole backstory to this game. As you mentioned, it was a different game. Uh, so I suppose we won't go. Uh, what I would say to people is, uh, if you are curious, I would definitely recommend watching that video. I would include a link to the video because uh, it was a whole, you know, backstory. How and I believe you, Flora. So you do the music. 
and I believe uh, what so so Tom yeah, so, was yeah. yeah so do, so do you guys want to give a, a brief recap in yeah, a nutshell? Yeah, recap in a nutshell. So actually, so Tom is the one is the brain. That's why we call him El Presidente. Uh, so he is is the one who actually studied uh, game design and is is the one developing the as a developer for the game. And uh, so back in the day, so about six or seven years ago, he was studying in Vancouver, Canada. And um, and I was uh, actually relocating to uh, from Paris to Bordeaux in Southern France, uh, where we both, the both of us are located now. And um, and he told me, okay, I'm doing this uh, student game. It's called uh, Home Lost. And it's a story about a, an old guy is uh, losing his memory and he's kind of lost in his own home. Hence the, hence the name homeless and um and i was um yeah i relocated to bordeaux because i wanted to uh have a good try at, at being uh becoming a professional at making music uh which is a silly and kind of crazy idea but it's uh yeah uh, it was worth having a having a real go and actually at that time so tom needed some um soundtrack sound textures music for for his uh homeless game because it was doing that solo, that was a solo student project. So uh, it could do pretty much all the stuff except maybe for the for the sound and music. So he asked me, and it was it was kind of a crazy uh, pitch. Like, okay, there's uh, so this old guy, so it's kind of sad and nostalgic. But uh, so he's meeting ghosts of his of his uh, of his past. So it's like his former uh, former wife or former friend, blah blah blah. And so he's rediscovering his own home. And as he's doing that, he's, he's meeting those ghosts. So those ghosts are, are, are benevolent ghosts. They're not bad ghosts. They're not there to make you. Uh, um, it's it's not scary ghosts. So Flo, you need to do some music, some textures that are that it's ghosts, but they are nice. So that was kind of the the first kind of joke, and um, so it was really interesting. And uh, and uh, actually, by the time I delivered some stuff, it was really nice. So I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, it told me, okay, sorry, I have to uh, to step down on this project because there's another one, a bigger project. It's a teamwork, and uh, I have to step up on this one. So I won't have much time for the other one. So I have to put it down for for some time. And uh, which is so that's what he did. And actually, so he he finished his um, his degree in uh, in Canada and went back to France. And actually, for some time, it was kind of a running joke we had between the, the two of us every time we texted or sent emails or stuff or family matters or anything. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, so uh, can we go back on the game now? <laughs> I did that with some music. So. <laughs> and, uh, but it was really kind of a joke. I was just like, okay, that, that's fine. You needed some stuff at that time. You had all the priorities. It's fine. It's, uh... but, but it was like, yeah. A joke. It's, it's a bit like Cartago uh, del Andaest, or uh, I remember my Latin. Uh, <laughs> um rightly it's uh yeah it was kind of uh, every time i finished texting or calling him <laughs> it was this the one last sentence was okay are we going back to the game and uh and what they did actually um and that's uh yeah maybe that's the one part that um it's, it's more personal to tom so i guess it's more interesting with tom maybe yeah uh... the what what is what's more personal well getting back to uh working on armless Right. Um, well, actually, I was uh, while studying. I was um, I was taking the sky train uh, to my university, and it was like a 30, 45 minute train. And so I 
I'd search for a podcast to listen to. And at that time, so it was in 2015, I guess, uh, I started listening to Dan Carlin. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard, yeah. So massive, uh, sprawling uh, history podcast. And I was mildly interested in, in, in history before. Uh, and, you know, Florent has a history degree as well. So he would talk to me about some stuff. Uh, but I really love to learn uh, history while listening to this guy who has a really interesting take on like uh, on, on history. Uh, and um, basically, uh, I started listening to one specific series. I won't tell which one because that would spoil uh, some of the game. Ah, but okay. It, <laughs> it, it it gave me an idea. I was okay. I don't. I didn't know anything about that about that subject about that topic. But how interesting would it be uh, for for it to make? A, and, and it wasn't like uh, oh, I'm ignorant in history. It was kind of a general knowledge thing that wasn't really taught in French schools, anyways. And the the idea was to 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 have from the perspective of a French person to discover uh that that history which is uh part of uh, another country's history i will say that much but won't say much more <laughs> okay and, and uh so it's kind of a yeah a foreigner uh a, a foreigner in another country but um uh, who's who discovers the the history so he doesn't know anything and it's kind of a uh fitting for video games you know where you always have that amnesia uh, principle for the for the player to uh, really invest in himself into the avatar. Um, so so yeah so so there was that and actually what uh, so what we talk about in the video that maybe we can talk about it here a bit is that the, the initial homeless was inspired by um, me not having really known my grandfather who had Alzheimer's uh, and also my um, uh having known my grandmother her wife his uh his wife sorry uh that um i had a lot long talks with her about uh her youth the uh, time in the in the army and she she has, she went to different countries and everything she's uh she was born in in the u.s but she met a frenchman and and uh, married him even though she when she was young she said that she uh, uh she had a french mother who would send who had sent her in her teenage years in France to learn about uh, French and everything. And when she came back, she said, I'll, I'll never, I'll never marry. Uh, she was, she was hating everything French. And then, yeah, seven or eight years later, she married a French Frenchman. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there was all that kind of uh, in the back of my mind. And, and, and uh, I think it's, it's kind of a, of a, um, I think it's kind of the rule and and the 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 the, the experience for the, the game. It's kind of a, a long sifting, a long um, kind of like you know when you cook and you're like a slow cooker. You know, it's like mm. uh, some ideas go in and some some come out, but it, it transforms what's in there. And it's over a really long period of time. And 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 at the end, you know, you have uh, you you have something very personal. Um, mm. And uh, and it, it never stops evolving as well. Like I'm, I'm it, it's not it's not a it's not like a, like an author kind of thing where you know I'm I'm right you're wrong and and I've I'm a genius and it's I very get like 
I, 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 I really much having like smarter people and we have an incredible team working on the game. And, you know, I, I love being the, the dumbest person in the, <laughs> in the room because it, it's always uh, more interesting for me to learn stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, and Florent like is um, he ha he was also an inspiration for the game as well because he's yeah he uh, like I said he has history to read but he's also a very like uh, voracious uh, uh, reader and 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 watcher and like he's very cultured and and he he talks a lot about a lot of different topics and so he he had an influence a lot of influence on, as well um, uh, on the game. So yeah, so and then we, so after all that, I came back, uh, yeah, to France and 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 called him and said, okay, we're gonna do this. To continue, but, uh, <laughs> but the game has has changed so much since uh, we, we since you you did the music that basically all the music that you did you that uh, that will be thrown out. <laughs> it won't be. Oh, used. so so, so, <laughs> so Florent has to do the music again. Oh, yeah, exactly. pour for me, pour for me. Uh, you know pre what Presidente says. <laughs> you do. Okay. <laughs> and well, so so then uh, I mean that's really interesting. I started talking about your grandfather who had Alzheimer's, and now it's become this uh, detective game. So, um, it's it's the main character in the game, which we'll talk about now. Is is he still more or less based on your grandfather, or is it now changed with somebody else? So the yeah the main character is not well he's not based on my grandfather because I didn't really know my grandfather but he's sure he's based on an image I I have from him but also uh, uh, he's he's uh, he's very much an archetype for uh, um, so our uh, the so you 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 don't play as him you 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 investigate him and his past and uh, the main character you play uh, is actually um has issues with his father with his own father actually he's a he's an italian immigrant uh in france uh actually another way to solve that amnesia problem is that he's he's italian so he doesn't know the history of france right so yeah so it's a foreigner in a new in a different country yeah exactly that um makes sense and, uh, and so actually in the uh, in the prologue so we have uh, we have three parts in the game and in the prologue uh, he's actually a teenager looking for he just fought with his father and he he's looking for uh, a place to stay in his uncle place and actually his uncle is not there and he's that spins like he discovers uh, like a lot of things and 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 some time pass between the prologue and chapter 1 and during that time, he kind of learns to know the the main character, the the old man, who's uh, who's losing uh, his memory. And uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's it's very much about this this old man, Victor, his name is. Uh, and but it's also a journey for the. It's it's very much a coming of age story as well for the, the protagonist. Okay, so so again, we have there uh, about him losing his memory and that to take an element from your previous game, uh, it looks like. So, uh, no, that sounds uh, really uh, interesting. So you're investigating uh, this old man then. Uh, so what 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 can you what else can you tell us about uh, the setup or the story, or you know, without spoiling it? So, or. Or is that enough? Do you want to move on? <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, no. I, I'm just trying to think because I'm not used to pitching 
publicly. Like I, I used to pitch to to publishers, or and, and you know you can tell uh, like the end what what the end of the story is. So oh, I, I right. need to well, be careful. You don't, not you don't to need to go that story. far, but I mean, if you <laughs> uh, can have maybe one or two biscuits, but uh, uh, <laughs> what can we say more? Yeah. So actually, yeah, it's taking place. Uh, maybe one theme that's very important. It's um, so it's taking place in the sixties and seventies. Uh, so the the game starts uh, as Tom said when the protagonist uh, Eugène is. Um, is uh 16 16 16 16 and uh so it's in 65 in bordeaux and so we, we um why i say this is because in 65 70 uh the generation is uh tom explained about our grandmother uh, was in the, she was in the navy during the war she, so she 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 was born in new york and she was british uh so that's the whole british part of our, of our family and um and so if you do have people in 65, 70, pretty much all the people who have lived through the war, either they, they fought during the war, uh, being in the army or being in the resistance or being just like uh, ordinary people, they're still there. So it's it's part of the collective memory and it's uh, mm. you still have people talking about it and, and writing books about it and, uh, well, not podcasts, but uh, radio uh, shows about it. And it's, it's still a living memory, which is now... Uh, I'm old enough, and I, and I guess, Georgia, you're old enough also to have lived through listening to people who have been in the First World War. Now they're all gone. Mm -hmm. And now it's coming to the time, to the generation in which pretty much most of the people who have been and fought through the World War II actually are dying. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's one theme that's very important to us. It's the living memory. And uh, our memory and, and, and oblivion are treated, and now you see it. And uh, so that's why it was important to be to have the game taking place in a in a period in which there's still a, a living memory uh, of all those stuff that happened during the war, which is also um, a very important theme uh, in the game. Uh, uh, Onto yeah, which yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not saying much more because I'm not sure if I've poured anything there. I guess I didn't, <laughs> no, but, but I'm not sure. I'll bounce off what you said, which is um, so there's this living memory but the, yeah the, the core idea is memory and in what what the the so chronique des silencieux means chronicle of the silent in english and those silent are so silent ones are uh in each chapter you will encounter someone who who basically knows what you want to know but won't tell it to you mm. because it doesn't trust you because he has it has his, his own issues with uh, his past He's ashamed or he's um, uh, scared or like uh, 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 a variety of issues or has uh, delusions. Uh, so we explore different uh, facets, different ways um, in which people run away from their past or don't come to terms with their past. Uh, and uh, so your your goal as a player in each of these chapters is to make them talk, and it's it's really much we really much uh, get inspired by the you know the trope in Hercule Poirot where mm -hmm. on Agatha Christie where you know they gather up everyone in the room and mm, at the end uh, at the end and you know the the Hercule Poirot is always um, he's always missing some piece of, of the puzzle and he wouldn't uh, be able to 
to prove that the suspect he has in mind is really the, the culprit. But usually when he, he explains his, uh, his reasoning and his, uh, his, um, uh, his uh, proofs and his hypothesis, uh, usually the suspect will kind of jump out, react, and can't, can't help himself or herself, and will, uh, will denounce uh, himself or herself. And uh, 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 that uh, was kind of the, the basis of inspiration, is that you you try to make hypothesis we'll talk about gameplay later but yeah you 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 make you you make them understand that you know you know enough of their story to make them react not they're they're, they're not able to just ignore you mm. they're they they have to treat you as uh uh with some some uh respect or some you know like because uh, one of the reactions in real life that all people can have when they're talking about difficult things, or even, you know, uh, soldiers who have gone to Iraq or like who have PTSD or everything, is that uh, like how can how could you understand? I'm uh, if if I was t t uh, talking to you about the things I've lived through, how could you understand? You weren't there, and uh, this is very much um, the player trying to prove that actually he can understands and he understands enough to start a conversation. And 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 so the conversation is not the end. It's it's actually there's there's more to fight for after that, where you you kind of have to uh, to um, to prove um, that the uh, you you kind of have to like uh, go through the like the lies that the 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 person keeps telling people Ooh. and themselves. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's very much about uh anything being better than silence uh really and, and trying to kind of um encourage uh, dialogue if like if someone plays my game when it's out and they that starts a conversation with their their uh, grandparents uh or their parents uh that's that's great like that's uh, that's the the end goal i guess uh, and and if they they learn more about their family history or or anything, you know each each country has like troubling times and and, and oh, yeah. different things to talk about. And so it's very much universal as a uh, as a story. It's very it's very specific, as in it's it's in France, and you know we talk about French things, but the 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 things that that characters go through, the emotions and and the the, the troubles. It's very much universal. So we. We use that very specific setting to talk about something that everyone can relate to. Interesting. No, I'm I'm very curious to know now, uh, you know, more about that. But together, I, I don't want to know too much more because, as you said, we can find out in in the game. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that you know, Chronic the Silencio, that Chronicles of the of the Silence, and uh, I think you mentioned the Steam page that they're the silent ones. And you have to make them talk. Uh, so I suppose if you wanted to, uh, I don't know if um, either of you or Flora or Tom want to talk. You mentioned the game mechanics. Uh, and again, without spoiling anything, without giving anything away, I want to, to ask maybe if you could give an example or so of uh, what are maybe some of the detective elements in the game or uh, some of the game mechanics that we might see in the game. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's dumb. 
Okay. We can ask you about the music then, Florent, afterwards, about how you incorporate <laughs> yeah, the music. <laughs> um, no, but actually, the, all, the, all the investigation mechanics are music based. So, so Florent. Oh. Can, uh, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so, that was. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the uh, so actually it's it's no I, I can talk about it quite a, a bit because it's it's very system driven. There's a few puzzles where uh, like it would be effect like talking about it would spoil it a bit, but otherwise, uh, we so one of the things we were trying to solve with the game, which was, um, yeah, start, like starting the conversation. Okay, so. So what what do I don't like about detective games and 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 so that that's the the, the inspiration for starting the game is like getting, getting frustrated by detective games. So trying to identify okay what what frustrates me about detective games and how can I solve that. So the first problem was the the, the game really giving away uh, like the, having the protagonist think uh, instead of the player. Or having like doing a lot of the thinking himself, and that that kind of rubs the the player of the initiative and the feeling of really being the detective there. And uh, one the ways they usually do that uh, uh, consciously or unconsciously is that um, when you have a dialogue tree with questions formulated, those questions are like asking the question is already part of the answer. Like what what uh, way you articulate the question or what uh, question you ask or not ask uh, is is really much tipping the player to like what um, what they should do and usually they have to uh, asking the right questions and and is is part of the, uh, is an important part of the of the detective and detective work and usually after that they have to do some convoluted puzzle mechanics to kind of amp up the the, the, the difficulty. Uh, so in the game, uh, to have the questions as neutral as possible, we use a topic system, which is basically just uh, a name and uh, and an image, an icon. And basically, a topic can be a character. So when you meet a character, he becomes a topic. So he becomes a question you can ask. Uh, it can be a, a, a place, it can be an event. Uh, so whenever a, a character um, talks to you about certain uh, topics, they become available as questions to other characters. So you can basically um, start your investigation in different places and kind of have um, uh, discover the information about the case uh, organically in different paths. like the, the, the the information of the case is not going to change depending on choices, but the way you mm. investigate them and what path to choose uh, in going through them is uh, is really much um, up to you. Uh, we actually took a design cue from Disco Elysium, which for me is not really a detective game, but is very much a good fantasy of, of one. Uh, and uh, I actually really liked, really enjoyed the way the quests, uh, which are leads in the in the main character's investigation, are really open, and you can follow them or not. Uh, and the game doesn't force down your throat like having to go through specific steps. And uh, basically, in 
in the game, uh, you have a first, so in each chapter, you have a first phase where you explore freely uh, the place you're in. So you have several locations you can go in. Uh, you can uh, so talk to people, learn about topics this way. You can uh, search through um, belongings or you know you can search through coats uh drawers we really wanted to portray uh, like the grubby work of the detective you know having something really tactile um that's not really often portrayed in in detective games uh so we have kind of physics-based interactions things like that um and uh and uh so you gather uh, the information about the the case and after a while, you'll when you feel confident, uh, basically whenever you you want, you can start forming formulating hypotheses about the case, and we kind of reuse the topics you've uh, unlocked so far. And basically, an hypothesis is two topics linked with uh, a verb. You unlock verbs by uh, basically they kind of represent uh, Eugene, which is the main character's uh, better comprehension of the um the the emotions people can go through and like uh as so as he progresses through the game he kind of gets a better grip of like why people do what they do and things like that so he so you unlock kind of uh, uh meaning groups this way and uh basically you can try you can like uh past the tutorial you can try doing hypothesis whenever you want and if you're really smart and you uh, you guess it uh, early, then it's fine, and you can progress. Uh, uh, you can start the second phase of the of the chapter, which is the confrontation, what we call the confrontation, where basically you're gonna you so your your hypothesis, stating your hypothesis, coaxed the the silent one out of his silence, and now he's he's reacting to you, and of course he's. He's reacting uh, by um, by uh, by telling lies. Also, something I forgot is that one way to uh, progress through the leads is to uh, connect, finding contradictions between what uh, the testimonies you get from uh, asking about topics to characters and uh, documents you found by rummaging through stuff. Uh, so when you find contradictions or connections, you can um, basically, usually they will this will uh, unlock uh, a modified version of the topic, and you can you can uh, basically ask more to to one character. Okay, you said this, but uh, this document says this. So why? And and usually you can learn more, unlock new topics this way. So this is the main way of of progressing in the game. And uh, so, yeah, so when you're in the confrontation, basically, we're very inspired by Ace Attorney in this, in the... Ooh, um, I, was, I was going to mention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very much an inspiration uh, for the, yeah, the court, court uh, side of, of the gameplay. Uh, I, I, I always found very boring the investigation part of the gameplay in, in Ace Attorney. So but it was kind the... of necessary to make the court gameplay uh, I work. agree, yeah. Uh, so, so here we we're very much trying to make both sides interesting, um, and so yeah. So in 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 the uh, in the confrontation, you're gonna have uh, different phases uh, of of uh, of the game. We have uh, one where it's just like 
uh, telling his story and then he's uh, at some point selling lies and uh, telling lies and you have to uh, using testimonies or documents you found you, you have to uh, find it out uh, then he's going to continue telling his story so it's very much in the same kind of uh, like you have a stop stop guy it's much more linear than the first phase where it's 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 the way to you have we have a very open-ended first phase and then it's kind of uh, uh, putting everything together and and ramping up the intensity because Usually in open, uh, the the mechanically satisfying detective games I found usually lack in uh, story cohesion. Uh, usually, usually you don't have the emotional impact you would have in a more linear uh, game. And so we're trying to combine those two, having a very open-ended, mechanically satisfying first phase and then really like merging everything together and really like driving home the... Uh, the struggles that characters go through and 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 kind of funneling everything towards a, a, a really specific uh, end. Um, what's interesting is that uh, you may not have if you if you were if you thought you were really clever and did all these hypotheses really quickly, you might not have all the elements in in the investigation to kind of confront the 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 silent one. You might miss a document. You might miss the testimony. And and then that's where your mentor jumps in. You have a mentor because you you kind of work for a private detective agency, and and it, it's your first case, but you have your mentor kind of watching over you. And uh, basically, he's going to jump in if you if you don't have what it, it, it what what you need to do it, or if you fail too many times. Uh, that's still like uh, uh, kind of uh, up for uh, balance and everything. But uh, yeah, and, and, and at the end, you have uh, the story revealing itself. We have, we have uh, flashbacks, for example, where you play as the, as the silent one uh, through one of his memories. We have, uh, we get, we're trying to dis diversify a lot of the, of the gameplay, trying different ways to tell the story. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's pretty extensive. And I don't, yeah, I, no, it's, it's, it's sound spoil no i think you i think i got an idea it sounds very varied the gameplay sounds very 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 you have seem to have a very good idea of you know what you want and as you mentioned uh ace attorney games and different inspirations but uh but yeah i like how everything seems to go back to the gameplay to make it um you know about the game and make it as varied and as interesting as possible for the player so I'm definitely very curious, uh, you know, well when, it, well, when it comes out to try it out, it sounds, because, yeah, it's funny how you mentioned that you want to get the detective game that you like, because Francisco Gonzalez, who made Lamplight City, uh, he had something similar. He said that he wanted to make a game where it was okay to fail, that you don't have to solve every case. You can, you know, people might not talk to you for the, the wrong question. And then here as well, um, it seems like what you guys are doing is, just, just to get different elements that you guys think is interesting and then make it more emotional as well. And um, and I like the, fl the playable flashbacks as well because it keeps the player involved. So, no, definitely very uh, curious. Um, so thank you for that, uh, Tom. And now back to Florent. Um, again, we haven't forgotten about you. So you've come in as uh, as the, the musician or as the, doing the soundtrack again. So uh, first of all, are, are you concerned that uh, your music might not be used again <laughs> by El Presidente? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's it's one of the perks that I have as a, as a older brother, you know. 
Uh, that, there's this joke about El Presidente, but actually uh, I'm, I'm, I'm well fed. I have a roof over my head. That's good and, to know. <laughs> and uh, no, El Presidente is, uh, you, is a You'll notice man. that you we don't see uh, the room is in, so it might be yeah. in a damp uh, <laughs> basement. <laughs> basement, yeah. No, no, yeah. But so, yeah, the, I jumped in the project because of the of the whole music stuff, we, we, the anecdote we talked about. Mm. And um, so, yeah, to me, that project is kind of a... Uh, yeah, I'm doing this because it's it's uh, actually yeah, it's once in a lifetime kind of occasion to uh, work with a brother because actually with with um with, with a brotherhood of six actually with six wow. guys, six brothers. I'm the third, and Tommy's is the last, the sixth one. And uh, it's kind of a, a of a privilege to uh, to uh, be able to uh, work with uh, with siblings and uh, yeah, there's there's yeah, there's so much to be to be told about it and yeah, you you can have hints of it or jokes uh, about it in the, in the um, in the video if, if people want to watch it on the YouTube video. But uh, so yeah, so the whole music stuff is um, is um, me as someone who wants to get professional about it, which is in a sense my definition is a very easy one is uh you're being paid for doing this that's sure not, yeah that's, that's professional not, yeah. it's that's... good music it's it, it doesn't have to be good as long as you get paid for it it's, pre it's pretty much the simple <laughs> definition of being a professional um, so in a sense you're not a professional yet <laughs> yeah not yet <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but um yeah so the so the whole approach of the of the music so what's interesting in most of the time in most of the of the projects and, and the game's development. Uh, usually music is, uh, is, is uh, jumping on board pretty much later, later on, uh, as opposed to us when actually Tom just needed some stuff and what, 10 days afterwards, voila, he had some stuff already, they could run into the, the, the prototype, the, the build he had. And um, so it's kind of one of the perks to have someone working with music in the in the studio and not having to wait for some money to come in and being able to pay someone uh, outsourcing it. Uh, so basically, yeah, the, the approach we have with music is um, there's uh, there's the whole 60s, 70s vibe we want to have. Uh, want to have. So we we don't want to surf too much on the nostalgia kind of uh good vibes from the 60s 70s kind of um, uh, of wave uh surely there, there'd be some nice uh cool moments and and uh back in those days in the 60s of these god yeah people knew how to live and uh, uh there were flashy colors and people were uh, kind of yeah uh inter interesting times um but uh i used to i, I did write some essay uh because yeah i guess we're french so we have to write essays about pretty much anything uh <laughs> about the approach of, of the music and it's pretty much um yeah there's the the two themes two pillars of how, how we view music and how the soundtrack is going to to sound like in a way it's like there's the whole family drama uh so there's tom talked about uh eugene the, the protagonist so he deals with problems of his own with his family he's coming from um, immigrant family from italy and you have Victor, the the this old guy on which you are investigating, and uh, so it's it's um, there's the family ties and and um, all about the memory, the the themes that we talked about, and uh, so memory passed on or or maybe also forgot or deep buried deep down in families. Uh, so to me, it felt like uh, you don't you don't want to use too much instrument. Uh, it's kind of an intimate kind of. A, um chamber music 
kind of uh, uh, co not cozy, but like yeah, intimate kind of uh, mood to it. And um, so that's one thing. And then, then there's also yeah the whole the, the whole cool stuff about being in the 60s and 70s, like hints of funk, maybe uh, rock, uh, pop music also. And uh, what's so interesting is that it led me to um, to research about the whole. Uh, most of the time, if you, that that's one idea that I have, that I have a concept is like, if I talk to you about Renaissance music, uh, and I tell you, okay, this is Renaissance music, but no, 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 it's music from the Middle Ages, because pretty much all the time we have a different perception of what music is at the period we're supposed to have it. So that's why most of the time, if you do watch, I love those um, uh, videos on YouTube when people talk about, okay, well, we have to check if this if this is historically accurate fact and stuff, and they. they get someone, a researcher or a scholar from a, you know, a posh university to tell, okay, this movie, the, the Gladiator intro uh, scene is bad because they have this, 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 blah, blah, blah. Well, it's pretty much the same with music. It's like, um, uh, for example, French music at that time, we have kind of an approach to it, which is, uh, we have pioneers of music. I don't know if you know Jean-Jacques Perret. Uh, I'm not sure. He's no, I don't guy. think so. I'm trying to think. Jean-Jacques Perret. one of the pioneers, uh, well, most of the people in, uh, People, uh, artists coming from France know Jean-Michel Jarre. Okay. Jean-Michel Jarre. I may have heard of it, but I don't know. I don't well, know what he's done. But uh, so it was one of the pioneers in uh, synth and synthesizers. And okay. Oxygen, uh, very well known, and uh, he's the one guy doing like huge shows in the pyramids and in the uh, oh. in front of the Eiffel Tower. It's like a crazy stuff. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's very much with. Kraftwerk, it's like the two the two bands or two people that actually invented like the whole huge shows with huge mm. artistic direction and uh, getting people there. And uh, so, yeah, Jean-Jacques Perret is, uh, is like a whole generation before uh, Jean-Michel Jarre. And it's one of those guys that actually use like wall of transistors and, and tubes and stuff. It was like the proto-synth era mm. of... of um, and it's like uh, yeah, there's a whole French school of it, and uh, so it actually was interesting to see that if if I played some stuff from that period, it would say okay, it's maybe uh, you you would say it's it's maybe coming from maybe twenty years later than that, because it's so pioneering that you don't really have an idea. But yeah, it's it's uh, that kind of stuff, and also one idea that we have is like when you do use music from past days, um, sometimes it's it's the stuff people remember about it but there were also shitty music at every pretty, pretty much every period of you know if you if you were to listen to radio uh pretty much like i don't know in france in 65 you would have like shitty stuff that nobody remembers you know <laughs> but if you if you were to play a, a game or, or or make a, a nice scene in a movie uh which is taking place in bordeaux in the 60s or like in the, the sun it's like southern france and it's Et voilà, it's really nice, blah, blah, blah. And you would put like the best, like a Gainsbourg uh, music or some, something like uh, Je t'aime mon amour, uh, uh, like the fancy, well, I, I kind of, yeah. Talking about this, I remember about the Fou de Fafa. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Fou de Fafa, the, the Flight of the Concords. Uh, oh, video. yes, yes. If you do not know about this, uh, yeah. Uh, you can watch uh, Fou de Fafa and still be friends with French people, it's fine. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a joke about the whole, the, the, all the, the cliches about the, the French culture, but it's really nice. But um, yeah, so the idea is to have like a sense of, um, of the whole soundscape that people had back in those days and not just use like the mimics or the cliches of, 
people what the what the people were supposed to listen to. Like if you even if you go back to Beethoven or Wagner, in those days, they were also shitty music. You know, it's not because us we do remember, or actually people took care uh, and ma and made sure that we remember the best stuff, but the stuff that they deemed that were the best. Uh, yeah, there was shitty stuff also back in those days. So um, it's not to say that I, I, I'll be doing some fake shitty stuff. Well, in a way, I do. That's kind of the stuff I have. I like, I like the um, imperfect stuff. I don't want stuff to be too nice and too um, too polished in a way, uh, because much of the emotions and and uh, uncertainty of of uh, of um, yeah, the emotions of the what people go through lies also in the imperfections of the of the music so uh, yeah i kind of lost myself in the in this one, but, uh, yeah <laughs> no yeah no I, I think i get what you mean i think it's interesting that you said it, you know you you like the imperfections that not everything was you know mozart or beethoven back then that there was some music that wasn't great and back in the 60s and 70s as well i think it's it that, that's an interesting take on it that um you know it's certainly very you know kind of unique that it's not trying to be the best um and it's not trying isn't tr not trying to be perfect um, yeah so we won't use uh we have something so there'd be very different uh genres of of uh, music playing playing in the game and i've been having lots of fun with uh with making fake funk stuff or uh 60s kind of pop music it'd be, it'd be really nice mm, interesting uh <laughs> but they also we are we have um a theme of a uh, well, I'm not sure if our president will agree with this, but uh, <laughs> spoiler alerts or wise, um, it's uh, we're also using like a deep kind of uh, uh, it's embedded in the French culture, which is uh, chanson française. So yeah, it's like uh, uh, well, most of the time when we do say chanson française, people know what we're talking about now. Right. French song, yeah. French song is no, like, like no. Uh, I think no. It's it's not a. Uh, it's not something. Uh, you we know. Uh, it's it's not as known internationally, internationally than than we okay. think. So but. I guess I, I guess it would be uh, if if I were to take an example, it would be like a Bob Dylan kind of uh, of. Because uh, Bob scene. Dylan was French, you didn't know it, but <laughs> <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he wasn't aware. No, it's like. It's like songwriting, and it's like yeah, uh, folk singer kind of mood, which is like relying on on lyrics and uh, and um, having a deep kind of uh, um, deep, deep uh, lyrics that have a deep impact on on a whole generation, on whole yeah portions of, of mm. uh, or, population, you know. Or or being very naughty uh, and and doing do double entendre. Yeah, double uh, entendre. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Constantly in, in in songs like all all the cute uh, cute songs from my childhood, uh, <laughs> like when I analyzing and analyze them now, uh, yeah. I realize with horror. Then uh, it's... it's actually talking about boobs or or ladies or uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I was shocked as well with some of the songs that I listened to. I was like, oh wow, that's what that's what that song was about. Yeah, I had no idea the, back then. Yeah, the guilty pleasures of uh, of songwriters, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so th there will be also uh, winks, winks. Let's just say to uh, <laughs> accolades to um, that that era, and it's also why I'm talking about this. It's also because that's that's something that's really embedded in in French culture, and especially in, in cinema in the 60s and 70s. It's the whole dialogue stuff. So it's uh, it's um, back in those days, 
we had it started maybe in, in the 40s and then it kind of died died in in, in the 70s mid 70s uh back in those days you have a very specific genre of films in in france uh on which in in the credits you have uh someone in charge of the dialogues and it's pretty uh, we, we have we haven't been thorough in researching this but i'm not sure there's there's another kind of culture language country in which there was so important to have uh someone dedicated to dialogues only just only dialogues so you had someone mm. writing the script but someone uh, uh taking care of the whole uh directing blah 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 and you have someone in charge of the dialogues and yeah. so that's someone that's something we want to emulate which is um because in those and more, days and just just to focus maybe Uh, uh, movies uh, were sold. You you wouldn't necessarily know the name of the director, but you would know the name of the dialogist. So it was that wow. important. You know, they they were more uh, sometimes more important than the the main actor. The, the actually you would see this movie because it was uh, the dialogues were by that that guy. Wow, that I, I had no idea that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, that's kind of it's it's a weird kind of mm. approach to uh, to films. But anyways, so the, while we're talking about mentioning this, it's because the, um, you had different uh, schools of dialoguing back in those days. And there was one that's really famous in France. It's uh, Michel Audiard. Actually, his, his son is well known now because it's a, uh, he's a director and uh, he won uh, many, many cinema prizes. I, I think he won an Oscar. I'm not sure, but uh, for a uh, foreign movie. Uh, and it is also some. Uh, he, he directed um, the last uh, American film in life. It was the the brother sisters or the sisters brother. I can't remember. It was a Western film with John C. Reilly and uh, oh, okay. the other one. And uh, so kind of a famous guy. It's way okay. more serious than than that is uh, that actually. So yeah. it was um. This, so there's one guy. There's uh, it's the, the father one, uh, Michel Audiard. It was a guy who was pretty much like kind of Hemingway kind of figure. The sort of guy that yeah, he would spend his days, you know, in in the bars and and just hearing people talking about stuff, you know, daily lives or joking about the politics, about just about anything. But having that very acute sense of uh, finding the right repartee, uh, mm. uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's so <laughs> nice when you can use like a French word and it's uh, it's fun. Okay. But um, yeah, that, so that that's acute sense of finding the right words and. Um, So of course, when this guy was taking notes uh, in the bars and just about, I got he could do to the to the hairdresser, he could go to a, to a bar, he could go anywhere, and he would just take notes of people talking about stuff. And it could be daily life or something very mundane, but there would be like some kind of popular wisdom about stuff that he would just pick pick up and and use use them in the films, mm. and. Uh, And it's a very kind of uh, uh, smart way of doing a very, very, very clever stuff, but making it look like it's very, uh, I don't know, it's very uh, mundane and popular thing to do. So, they, so he, would, he would put like philosophical stuff in the mouth of people who were like, uh, I don't know, someone, uh, um, a sailor. Well, a a low life school, you know, like uh, a henchman, you know, that was... Uh... That got kicked out of school uh, when he was in uh, primary school, and he will like talk about Aristotle and uh, <laughs> or and usually in it's very clever because usually in in movies I find it uh, pompous when you know a character's gonna uh, recite something and you you 
and in books I get that a lot like I don't like books where you feel like the author is talking directly to you and 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 telling you the, his outlook on on mm. life and Michel Odia was doing the very same but he was doing it uh, in a more clever way in a more disguised way and you kind of uh, it, 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 it's uh, it's not um, it's not distracting in the movie it's really part of the story part of the it's believable as weird as it sounds as we describe it it's, it's believable that this character mm. would say this in this sentence because the way he phrases it and uh, you feel like okay he's he's uh, read a corner of a book about ph philosophy like while i don't know killing someone or or do doing drug dealing drugs or some something like that and he actually picked that up and he okay he thought about it in his way in his own way and he's kind of speaking spitting it out and you all of this you get from like a single sentence and uh, you get that feeling that that unconscious feeling and so yeah so what Florence is trying to say is that yeah he, so he's doing the dialogues that's why he doesn't didn't explain it's like he's dedicated dialogue person and actually uh one of the persons um uh, in France who uh, kind of brought back that style of dialogue is Alexandre Astier which uh is uh, very much inspired by that uh, era and also inspired by Monty Python and other other oh other, interesting other styles. and he, yeah, he basically made a, a, a show about uh, the uh, Arthurian, uh, Arthur and the, the, the king, Knights of the Round Table, uh, but making them all really um, dumb in very different sp specific ways. In very <laughs> like, uh, like each character is a different type of dumb, which is really hard to do and really like uh, uh, interesting. But with glimpses of hope and, uh, and, and wisdom. Which is yeah, the, yeah. and oh, and, sorry, and and uh, and basically he's also a composer. Like his main uh, main uh, activity in life is doing music, and he did uh, theater on the side because his mother was a theater uh, person. And uh, so I found it really interesting that he talks a lot about the musicality of words, uh, the way uh, that you uh, the, the the sentence and the way. Uh, when an actress says something, it has to be spoken in a very specific way. And, you know, like really stage actors usually mm. uh, know this more than uh, maybe more than uh, cinema actors, because in cinema, you can do a lot of different takes. And in stage, you have to be very specific, articulate. You have your audience, your audience needs to understand what you say, but also needs to understand the emotion and the implication from uh, the bottom row or the, the back row. Of the of the room, so, sure, sure. So you yeah. have to do subtlety in very uh, expressive way or a very uh, obvious way, which is kind of a, a weird mix. And uh, and so all of that, he kind of uh, funneled into this. And uh, we really like, we we actually love his stuff, and we love love uh, his. Old, I mean, for me, it's kind of um, I I discovered all these movies and got inspired them by them because I, this guy kind of brought them back to. Uh, to us and if we can kind of do the same for some younger people maybe or some other people who didn't see the the show and and or or some on uh, other aspects we're inspired of and that people can we can be a window into old movies into uh, history into a lot of different stuff that would be like a, uh, like a, a great achievement I, I used to say that uh, you, you could pretty much sum up uh, French life it's like a table 
uh, and you're with drinks and there is uh, lots of food, different stuff. And, and you can spend days talking about the wine, talking about the food and have anecdotes and stories about mm. it and it would bring, pe bring people together. And this one show uh, that Tom was talking about is actually, it's pretty much, you can sum it up in, into one sentence. It's, it's like Arthur Guinevere uh and and uh, the mother-in-law and the father-in-law that you have to deal with because you're having them for dinner pretty much every day and it's but at the same time it's very layered with very serious like political uh stuff sure yeah yeah uh there's military tactical also implications about stuff because he has to work with his father-in-law because father-in-law has political power and an army so yes and and then he has to deal with all those dumb people which like tom said are dumb in a different way very different specific way which is based actually on anecdotes that are in the in the whole epic of the of the, the Holy Grail, uh, and uh, yeah, that's, that's you know, um, Percival. Percival mm. is uh, is uh, like very naive, you know, in in the Arthur. Yeah, he was brought up by um, he was brought up by a fairy, so he doesn't know about life. He doesn't know about women. He has no mm. education, so he doesn't know how to behave. And that that that's actually what what makes him a perfect uh, vessel. Like Tom said, uh, we used uh, we used the, the excuse of a, of an Italian immigrant to make sure that people didn't have to know that much about French history and, and French context, and that's pretty much the same with Percival. He's, he's the perfect vessel of uh, of having to learn, uh, even though he's an adult, he doesn't know much about um, about um, politics, doesn't know much about mm. uh, how to behave with people, yes, and that makes him interesting because of this. Yeah, but he's yeah. really smart in the same way. In, in, in a kind of weird way so he has his own very uh, peculiar way of seeing through things because he's smart in his own way sounds like sounds like rain man when i'm pitching this but in a way and he's very yeah. yeah he's very good with mathematics i think that might be an inspiration actually yeah yeah maybe yeah so yeah that's uh yeah so it's not an excuse to do some like just jokes and and he has to be yeah, there and he has to be also rooted with like deeper meaning and and uh sure if there's a joke it's perfect. It's a job well done. But also have to, yeah, just like just like Tom said, at the corner of, of one sentence, you if if someone can feel that there's a whole story just behind one or two words, that's perfect. That's that's the that's the the objective there. Yeah, the goal. Perfect. Well, it's, it's really looks like I can see how much thought you have put into it and your inspirations, which you talked about. Uh, so I'm even more interested. Uh, about the game than what, what I was and I definitely think I'd like to check out the people that uh, you guys mentioned and I can see uh, you know how passionate you guys are and um, uh, so so thank you for 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 that uh, so I suppose Tina to before we finish up then because I don't want to keep you guys too long um, do you guys know when more or less so how is so what stage is the game at and now uh, do you guys have any more or less release date ish yeah, so uh an update from the presidente Go yes on, presidente. so pre pre presidente tom <laughs> uh so my my decree you know uh, actually <laughs> uh um yeah we say summer 2023 uh, and uh, yeah i think the um, i'm finishing up basically for the end of the year the um, the systems will be done the code the code side will be done mm. so the end of 2022 uh, it'll yeah. be and and then uh pretty much uh, the rest will be kind of integrating content uh 
the the like the 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 story is is uh, written up actually Florent is doing finishing up the dialogues for the game uh it will be done also at the end of the year so uh, at the end we kind of want to there's going to be a lot of fan tuning uh we mm. really want to um, get to a state where um we can both accommodate people who really want to challenge uh with the game uh really want to rack their brain around the 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 different part of the of the investigation and it will be a tough game because it's going to be a very layered nuanced game it's not a it's not a who done it which uh which i think uh, yeah adds adds to the complexity but also we we have some mechanics in place and some more we'll we'll add in where it kind of lets people who just want to enjoy the story maybe try try uh try uh try some of the the inv investigation tough but if they're stuck it's fine they can uh they can progress and get hints maybe and then if they can't really uh, okay really can't go then just uh go through the go through the the game uh and and having both yeah both both spectrum and of course the 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 people who will done the all the investigation themselves will be uh rewarded in some way no we're not yet sure sure how but yeah we we really want to uh, accommodate and, and not force people to because you know we're aware also that uh our minds uh, work in peculiar ways and it's uh sometimes you know in detective games it's something that might not be very uh, logical for somebody and and also we're talking about people's lives and sometimes they don't do things for logical ways and we're, we're trying everything ha having a lot of different angles and different ways of saying stuff so that people understand what we mean and really understand the characters the characters really live and they don't they're not just existing for the purpose of saying dialogue they really have uh, there's actually it's a bit of How an iceberg for yeah <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> Just, just, just a bit. It's, it's a bit of an iceberg for the writing. Is that, uh, it's like twenty percent maybe is in the game, and uh, maybe not twenty percent. Like maybe like sixty, forty. Like sixty mm. percent is not like is of what we research and everything is not in the game, but it exists as, as a purpose to kind of uh, make them really uh, those characters exist. And actually, my team members could tell you that yeah, often I. Uh, I I I I confuse uh, sometimes I confuse names and I use the character names in the game because I they, for me they're so real and they exist so they have been uh, with them for so long that it's it's kind of yeah there's like some some people that really exist. Oh well. Uh, yeah, so the, yeah so just yeah so the next step because uh, yeah it was Tom is so much into yeah people have to understand that El Presidente has been working on this for for the last seven years. So uh, he's, he's, he's in a, not, not yet out of the tunnel, in a way. So, yeah, <laughs> so just to wrap up the, the question you had, uh, George, it was about the, um, the, the next steps. So, yeah, uh, Tom, uh, what Tom was uh, really explaining is um, pretty much the content is being produced right now. There's the whole, as he said, the, the whole uh, programming and development is, is on its way. But it's all the question about fan tuning. And so that's why we not really, uh, we don't really want to give a definite date release date because um it really depends on the on the on the fine-tuning of the game because, of course uh, we're giving so much uh yeah freedom to people in a way so that we want to make sure going back full circle to the onboarding actually 
uh, so, yeah, so make the, sure it's perfect. So. And so the content is, and actually, oh yeah, we haven't talked about this. That might be of interest to people. We're doing a Kickstarter campaign oh. uh, in uh, in February, maybe January, February. We haven't decided yet. Uh, and uh, it will be a chance for people to kind of participate and kind of start uh, starting a bit of a community around the game and 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 get what uh, gather what people can think about. Uh, uh, the game and there might be some actually things that we were not going to ready to announce but uh involve people in in some part of the game um uh but uh yeah uh and and so depending on how well it goes we might actually like maybe because a lot of stuff right now that we kind of we're already in the stage where we're kind of cutting some stuff out because we want to release it uh uh next year and and but if we if if it goes really well we might uh, add those in but yeah the content will be done for sure and then just like Florence said the fine tunings uh of of uh, of the investigation and sure. like doing a lot of play tests and stuff like that sure and you want to make sure it's it's right that <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah we, we can't yeah there's there's no there's no way we're releasing if if the the system is not perfect mm. and if the onboarding is not well, perfect <laughs> There's nothing perfect. Like, don't, don't, don't promise. Yeah, don't push it, a president on perfect. Also, has yeah. to be absolutely oh, perfect in every way. Uh, yeah, it's. No, we're not Japanese, that... so we don't. You don't have to wait ten years for a game not to come out. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's more than that. Uh, yeah, it, it, it'll release when we're, we're uh, tired of working on it. <laughs> what? Whoops. Sorry, that's just my microphone falling. Uh, but when, when it's uh, so, it'll, it'll be ready when it's done. Well, um, I will include a link to the Kickstarter if you guys do go ahead with the Kickstarter, and I will mention it uh, again after, after myself. But where, where can people uh, find you? So I believe you ha you have a Steam page, uh, correct? Yes, we do have a Steam page. We should be releasing uh, soonish uh, a trailer. Uh, on on the page because right now there's a bit of a there's a teaser trailer but it's mm. very it's very not short. showing much of the, the 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 mechanics and the whole mechanics uh, of the content game. that we actually uh, put yeah and uh, so so yeah and then uh, people can yeah people can if if people want to be notified when the trailer comes out they can subscribe to our YouTube channel or uh or uh, wishlist us on steam i don't i don't know if you get updates maybe not or follow the us on trailer steam. maybe i don't think so if you wishlist but i would yeah that's what i keep need to keep mentioning wishlist because that's hugely helpful uh yeah. for yes, developers like yourselves um to wishlist this game and other games you're interested in it's hugely hugely important for developers uh such as uh the two of you um Twitter also, and what I want to mention, so, sorry, George. Yeah, go that, ahead. Uh, we're very keen on having uh, people's feedback, so it could be yeah in, in YouTube comments on either or or Twitter or anything, because uh, yeah, I guess now you you understand the we've been really deep into the this game, and uh, we have so much to talk about, so we have to get better at organizing our thoughts. But yeah, it's it, it is what it is. But so yeah, we're looking forward to the to have uh, feedback feedback from people uh, about how to communicate about the game and what people are really interested into. Um, that that's part of the you mentioned the video that we put on on YouTube uh, about the yes and I would... of the game. It it was it was just like um, it was a test that we did about uh, did we enjoy talking about, uh, 
the, the way we, we did it, uh, did we enjoy it? And is it something that people can relate to? And that, is that interesting? Is that something that, uh, that they'd be wanting to see more? So uh, I would say yes, because yeah. I, I liked yeah, so it uh, very, we, very we much. We need some encouragement and see if, if that uh, if yeah, if that's talking to people and uh, you, and if then yeah. Do you want do you want to see a two hour essay on an obscure uh, French uh, dialogist from the sixties? Hit us up. I'm sure people would, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend people listening to check out well your YouTube channel and uh, the video as well. You get a, a very nice background to the game and you know it's really good interaction between the two of you as well you can tell that the two of you get on well i think from the video as well and having fun and i thought well, had fun watching up, it as well to, uh, to have a massive battle and uh yes yeah, <laughs> behind so yeah don't mention too much uh until we end okay okay <laughs> um but uh but yeah no i think we found out a lot more about the game without spoilers i'm really really curious to know more because uh from what you said it's obvious that you guys have put so much you know thought and effort into everything about this game and you even have a whole dialogue uh <laughs> writer as well uh take inspiration from you know many people uh so uh so yeah so i will of course uh, include a link to the kickstarter as well, you can follow uh, you guys. I'll include links to your Twitter and the YouTube as well. So if people want to find out more um, as well. And the game, again, is a Chronique de Silencieux, which, again, Perfect. I'll include. Uh, merci beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. so, so now, before we finish, is there, I, I, I know we've covered quite, quite a lot. We could still, have, you know, spend a few more hours. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I know we all have to, have to go but is there anything else that uh that you guys would like to mention so uh, i don't well, know should like I... To thank you that's oh. uh, that's a yeah, oh well th fantastic. thank you no thank you for having us and uh that's no problem at all in our weird weird way uh i hope we didn't bore people too much and uh yeah we've 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 been talking about so much different stuff in a very <laughs> cha chaotic kind of way so please do excuse us for this and uh uh, I, I, yes, and, and we're very keen on having people interacting with us and letting us know the best way we can communicate about the game and about we, the, the, the themes that people uh, like. And uh, yeah, we're a bit shy. Uh, we've been in our in guess, our yeah. uh, in our cave uh, coding for for a while, and we're just uh, just barely coming out. Uh, and the, the 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 light from the sun is uh, is burning our eyes. A bit but uh we're, we're starting to get accustomed so so uh, we want to see like okay what uh what people think of uh, of what we do and yeah i mean i'll just repeat what Tom said so yeah yeah well look i'm sure so yeah so you heard uh people uh you heard of florent and the president tom that they want to know what people think so uh yeah make sure to follow them on twitter and youtube and uh and yeah interact with them give give you guys feedback and uh and yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it uh, even more so. And uh, and yeah, I'll definitely be talking more about it on the podcast and about the Kickstarter as well. And I'll be including links as well. So um, yeah, so I'd like to thank you guys. Uh, it was great chatting to you at Adventure X. And thank you for agreeing to come on to this podcast. And uh, great chatting to you now in, uh, in a camera environment. <laughs> Um, as much as I enjoyed Adventure X, it's it's great now to speak afterwards to to exactly. people uh, above all above all the noise. So, uh, so the very very best of luck with with the game with the Kickstarter if you go ahead with it, and uh, 
and and yeah i would encourage people to uh to fo- to follow you guys and to uh check out the game and a kickstarter uh if and when that comes out so thank you very much and uh we will keep in touch so take care then guys okay thank you thank you, thank you for having bye bye so that was my interview with uh, the guys from ps studio talking all about your game chronique to sit and see you i hope you all really enjoyed that and a huge huge thank you to the guys uh, again for joining me um and uh, and yeah hope to hopefully i can get to meet them again soon uh so as i mentioned in the intro uh their kickstarter should be up around now so you can check the link in the show notes if not check chronic to silencio on kickstarter and they should find out more information about that and the rewards you can expect and um and yeah you can pledge then if you so wish so that is it for this month, this uh, month interview. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back again very soon with reviews of the latest adventure games that we'll be playing and with, uh, with more interviews. So uh, keep if you haven't already, you can make sure to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. We also have a YouTube channel if you want to subscribe to that and a Patreon uh, if you want to help us out with more extras as well. So uh, with that... Then take care, everyone. All the best. Goodbye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or a adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you